you are listening to Grit and Grace, where we encourage, uplift, and talk about the traumas and adversities that we and our guests have survived and how we overcame them. Today on the show, we have Danielle, and we are super grateful that you're on the show today as you share your story of childhood trauma. So I will let you take it away. All right. So um, pretty much a lot of my life has been affected by trauma. Um, Really right away from when I was born, my father was absent. I was born into a single mother family type deal. Um, We lived with our grandparents for a good majority of our life. Well, when they passed away, it kind of left us in an open, empty area with nowhere to go. You know, their house got sold, things like that. So we ended up moving to a different town and I was eight or nine at the time. So it was kind of hard for me already not having any family around and then having a whole new environment, trying to adapt to that. Kids were mean in that town, in my opinion. Um, So that was really hard. A few years went by and we kind of struggled, you know, single mother things. And my sister and I ended up kind of raising ourselves more or less because my mom had to work for, you know, endless hours a week so that she could pay bills and take care of two twins who were in middle school and all that fun stuff. Um, After a while, my mom found a boyfriend that she met through someone she was working with. He was all right at first it seemed like and of course my mom loved him i was young didn't really understand what would make someone kind of act like that more or less but i kind of had this feeling like something was a little bit off about him we ended up moving into a house with him that he was already living in by plainview nebraska and after a while he i kind of figured out a little bit more about him he kind of had some mental problems. He was on, you know, antipsychotics, things like that. And my mom ended up getting pregnant by this guy. So we have a little brother who's 11 years younger than us. And my mom was still working. He was on disability from a prior work accident. So he was home with my sister and I and my little brother, you know, 24 seven, anytime we weren't in school, ended up spending a lot of time that I should have been going to football games, basketball games, school functions, babysitting my little brother, more or less. Um, When my little brother was around two years old, he ended up committing suicide. And so then it left my mom and three children to raise by herself. And so that was pretty rough. She did try to do a lot of really nice things that I'm still very thankful for because not everybody does get the chance to do those things. But then it kind of left us to the situation of we don't have anything to fall back on. So she'd try and take us to do super fun things. You know, I mean, even just going back to Yankton from where we were in between Norfolk and Yankton and she'd take us shopping. She, you know, spend a weekend with us in Sioux Falls. And that was super great because it gave us a touch of, wow, we're home for now. You know, that's that's where we wanted to be. But then when hard times came up, it was like, well, what do you do? You spent your money doing this throughout the year or, you know, whatever it may be. So after a few years of high school, I was a sophomore and I was advanced in school because I went from a school that had enough kids that offered, you know, advanced classes and things like that. So I got a head start, which was really great. 
Well, it got to the point where I was being bullied for things like my stepfather committing suicide and having a single mom who, you know, worked all the time at a gas station and things like that. Just things that no one should be made fun of for, really. I mean, if someone does something stupid, yeah, sure, give them a little crap for it so they learn a lesson. But those were things out of my... (laughs) I do that to my husband. (laughs) But yeah, those were things out of my my control, you know, something nobody really could have done anything about. And I ended up catching grief about it at school from kids. And it's like, what are you doing? So I ended up moving to a different school, not the school in the town over even because all of the kids who were getting bullied from the school I was at ended up going there. And those kids bullied other people. So everyone felt like they were being bullied or were bullied pretty much at that school. So I went to Wausau school then. Well, Wausau was such a small town that they hardly offered the classes that I needed. And the ones that I did, I was practically taking with seniors as a sophomore. So I ended up getting my GED. And then I obviously got my GED, quit school, started working full-time at a nursing home. And I was cleaning and doing CNA stuff and kitchen stuff, pretty much being their all around, you know, runner girl, more or less. And then things pretty much lightened up from there. I mean, it kind of stunk being a 16 year old who didn't see her friends every day anymore, get to play volleyball. I mean, I was big into volleyball. During that time, I kind of had a mental breakdown. I ended up in like a juvenile um, psychiatry type place it wasn't like juvie but it was like a wellness Center in Kearney, Nebraska. And I kind of went there, anxiety, and I was like passing out. And I had a little problem with some pills and some alcohol and, you know, fun stuff. (laughs) And so I, I mean, I felt like I was old enough to be doing that stuff. I was hanging out with my older siblings and their friends. So I kind of got in a little bit of trouble acting older than I really was because I felt like I was older. And I ended up there and I, kind of learned a lot about myself there. I mean, it didn't really help me much because I wasn't quite as bad as a lot of the other kids there, but that alone taught me, you don't have it so bad. I mean, you're not addicted to like LSD. You're not, you don't have cuts on your wrist, you know, things like that. It kind of scared me really that I could end up like that if I didn't quit my crap, you know? And so that happened. Um, And then things kind of got better. I had a boyfriend who was quite a bit older than me at one time. He cheated on me and was covering it up by telling me that he uh, was dying of the same cancer my grandpa died of, which is, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) So yeah, all this stuff happens. And so I kind of was 
just enjoying like friends, people from work, going to back to Crofton to football games, things like that to see my old friends and kind of just swore off dudes for a while there because I had a bad taste in my mouth. And one day, all of a sudden, my husband or now husband, I guess, messaged me on Facebook. Well, we went to school together a super long time ago, back when I was back in Crofton. And he was a few years older than me, too. But uh, yeah, so he messaged me and I couldn't really find a time to meet up with him that worked for both of our schedules. So I almost kind of like, nope, no more. And then all of a sudden we started dating. We finally got to meet each other. Um, within like the next six months, we decided to move in together and we moved up to Yankton and that was super great for both of us. I met his family, you know, right after we started dating, mm -hmm. they lived in Crofton. So it was really nice to come home. And then obviously as things progressed, you know, relationships have their own problems, but it was all good. And then obviously you get married and all that fun stuff and it came to be the time where it was starting to think about having a family and I had a past of having like picos and problems like that. So I've actually ended up having two chemical pregnancies or really super early miscarriages. And we've only been married for a year and a half, been together for four years. So that's kind of been my current trauma is that that's something I really feel like I could do justice for or would make me feel better. And I haven't been able to accomplish that yet, but still trying and trying to keep a positive note on it and everything like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's kind of the story. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine what you've seen and the things mm -hmm. you've been through. You had to grow up faster than probably anyone I know. Right. Um, I'm so sorry about your pregnancy loss. That is such a hard Thank thing. You. You're not alone. And mm -hmm. um, I'm sending all of my love and positive Thank energy you. right at you. I was just thinking, you had this younger sibling. How did how hard was it to step in and be that support system for a younger sibling whose parent took their life by suicide? It was super hard. I mean, he was young enough at the time that it happened that he didn't understand really why he was gone. So I guess I didn't have to deal with that part of it directly, but just trying to juggle school at the time, because I was only in like seventh or eighth grade at the time when that happened. So having that and then having sports, because I did do sports until my sophomore year of high school, um, trying to juggle work then after I got, you know, a little bit older and things like that, it, it got really hard to practically be the parent when I didn't even really know what parenting was myself. My mom was a super young mom when she had my sister and I, so it was practically my grandparents raising us more or less, which is how we ended up in the house with them, you know, and while my mom went to college and things like that. So then it was like, I really don't know what parenting looks like in the first place. And so whenever anything bad would happen, it really tugged at my heartstrings, you know, even just having him cry for extended periods of time, I would just break down and cry too. Cause it's like, well, we're in the same boat, buddy. I don't know what I'm doing either. <laughs> so, but he's, he's so cute now and he's super smart. He thinks he's a dinosaur. So I guess I did. <laughs> a little da damage to it maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh wow danielle yeah like like beck said that's your story's 
<clears throat> quite amazing. I relate to you on um, a few things. My brother uh, too. Well, uh, yours was your stepdad, but my brother committed suicide. And so that one pulls in my heartstrings. Mm -hmm. And I've also too had a chemical pregnancy. Yep. Um, and you do know that even the community at our gym that you go to empower, there are several women that are going yep. through the same thing currently. And obviously, you know, that you could always reach out to us, but, um, besides that, absolutely. My question I have is, so because you basically like Beck, uh, just talked to you about, you had to grow up a lot faster. Do you hold resentment towards your mother, even though, you know, you talked about how she did all these amazing things for you. And she really, you know, she really tried, um, with the circumstances that she had, but you have resentment because, you know, you did quit sports. You did have to raise your little brother, things like that. So what does that dynamic look like in your life now? Yeah. So, I mean, part of it, I feel like I'm glad that I grew up quicker because I couldn't imagine doing like, even the kids my age, they're out like smoking pot and like stealing road cones on the weekends from places where the road's out. And I'm married with a house in my own business. So it's like, I'm all right on that. But <laughs> To an extent, it's like you feel like your childhood is stolen. So it's like, I wish I could have gone to football games every Friday night. I mean, there was a point where I was in band. I did trumpet and percussion. And I had to quit in high school because I couldn't go to things like pet band and things like that that were part of the grade because I had to watch my little brother. And so that kind of stinks. And yeah, I love volleyball. The one good thing my mom did do for me is after I had problems with the anxiety and depression and, you know, a little bit of substance abuse is she put me in MMA. I had very yes. bad nice. anger problems. And in Norfolk, I, I don't remember how I heard about it or anything like that, but I decided that the pills they put me on when I was in that mental society or whatever you want to call it, wasn't my thing. It, for me, it made me worse. It really did. Like I forgot who my own brother was. I, my wow. eyes were dilated. I looked like a junkie. It was bad. Even like half of the dose I was supposed to be on. It was insane. So I decided I just need to go somewhere like a few hours a week and like beat the crap out of someone. Yes. <laughs> and so I started taking MMA. It was cheap enough. I could afford to pay for it. It was like three hours, three times a week for like 60 bucks a month. It was insane. So I did it and it really helped. I mean, there were guys who were like six, four and like 200 pounds and I actually got to punch them. So <laughs> that helped a lot. <laughs> Man. Oh my God. I love you. You crack me up. Your, your story you literally take from like something very, I mean, very traumatic but you make light out of this situation and continue to stay positive. I just, I could listen to you all day probably. You're a, a tough, kind of girl. And it, that's, that's awesome. Cause we've talked about this before. You could so easily sit here and be like, what was me? My life has sucked. Yeah. Like this has happened to me. Right. And you're like, uh -uh, no, I don't have time for that. I learned lessons. I'm moving yep. forward. And I was going to ask yeah. you about getting bullied I was going to say, you know, has that affected your self-esteem? But I know that, you know, finding a husband who just lifts you up and supports you. I think MMA is probably a huge confidence booster. When I was young, my, my dad was in medical school states away. So my mom was kind of like a single mom, but we shopped at Goodwill. Right. 
And, you know, she sewed all of our clothes. And then when my dad finished his residency and we moved to Yankton, we, we got a, a beautiful home on the lake and suddenly everyone's calling me rich bitch. And like, why can't you dress? I'm like, dude, right. I like pants or this shirt my mom sewed. Like, but, but I remember what it was like and being a late bloomer and like, just people can be nasty. So how did that affect you? They are. And moving forward in life. Honestly, it's still, especially like I have a twin sister. So I feel like anytime someone bullies my twin sister, I still like want to cry a little bit, (laughs) which is weird. But like, yeah, even as an adult, anytime someone says something like snotty or rude, or even with my business, if someone's not happy with something I did, which, you know, happens with every business every once in a while, I get like upset I lose sleep over it I I have like a panic attack and it's like why why is this happening right now I mean everything evens out in the end but you just you hammer down on it in your mind and you can't get off of it it seems like and it just yeah it, it brings you back to being some little girl in high school and the kids can't leave you alone or you know someone else is making fun of some kid who has bad body odor or you know something that they don't understand because they don't have to go through it or yeah. even the other way around like you said once you get nice things people still make fun of you yeah. it's like that's not cool i don't think people understand that that's not all right. And you're not going to get anywhere by doing that to other people. Yeah. It surprises me when adults still do it because when we're yeah. young getting bullied, we feel helpless. We don't understand what's going on. Right. Like why this causes us pain. But as an adult, you realize that the people that bully are projecting because of their pain and yeah. their hurt. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, right. as, as you're an adult and the same people that were mean to you are suddenly like sliding in your DMs and trying to hit you up and it's like, <laughs> No, no. Yeah. But it's really interesting, you know, as you grow and you understand why people bullied and like the whole dynamic and it's it's just crazy. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Oh my god, it's funny. Danielle, uh has the abandonment of your father as well as basically everything that you went through, has that affected your it's kind of like a two-part question. Has that affected your relationship with um you know, males as you grew up, like boyfriends, your current husband, as well as are there certain things that your husband just doesn't understand about you? Like there is in my dynamic too, because I'm an alcoholic, which is completely different from your story, but there's things that my husband just doesn't get. And so what do you do? What does that look like? So, yeah, I mean, especially I don't think it really bothered me much when I was younger and still to this day, I don't know the full story because I don't know his side more or less. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I've heard some of how my mom met him. I know who he is. Um, I actually went to school with my half brother, which is kind of messed up. So like I was at a dance thing and he was on a football team for our school and my father showed up to his, for his family night and not for mine like literally saw me and ran away yeah so that was cute but (laughs) anyways um I guess it wasn't really hard until I got married when I got married it was it was hard because I wanted to like reach out to him as an adult and be like I am not here for back child support I'm not here to you know talk crap 
or anything like that. I just want to figure out family history. I want to know my brother that I went to school with and not feel weird about it. And it also came to the point where I'm getting married. Women are supposed to have their dads walk them down the aisle. And I'm having my older brother walk me down the aisle, which seems kind of weird. And I, I just really wanted to like reach out to him and maybe make a connection. But after all that happened, I started feeling like I can't do this to my mom because what if that hurts my mom's feelings? What if I find his story and I end up believing his side and not my mom, but my mom was the one who raised me, you know, which is still more of a sacrifice than he ever put forward, no matter what the true story was. So I, I really struggled back and forth with that. And I have made a connection with that half brother. I mean, we're not super close or anything, but if we see each other or see something funny that makes us think of each other, we'll, you know, message or whatever on Facebook or he's up in Norfolk. So if I go into where he works at a gas station, he'll, you know, talk to me, make a good conversation. So that was like kind of a happy medium more or less is that I might not have a father and that's okay, but I have a connection with someone who wasn't at fault either because his parents didn't stay together either. So he kind of gets it a little bit. But yeah, and then, yeah, there's totally things that my husband doesn't understand. I think a lot of it, because he came from a very traditional family. He was raised Catholic, both mom and dad. He's got four siblings. I mean, there's not really a history of divorce in his family on either side. So for him, he doesn't really understand that as a girl, I feel like I didn't need my father because he wasn't there and I can change a tire and that's better than like half of the population of Nebraska, (laughs) even the men. So (laughs) I feel like I'm doing okay, but I think there's some things that I do that kind of irritate him. And he feels like I maybe wasn't disciplined when I like get snotty or something like that. Cause my mom was snotty and that really just like makes his blood boil. He, he, I think he understands that that's why I probably, still feel like I can throw to like a little girl and, you know, things like that every once in a while, but it still irritates the crap out of him. So. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're in an amazing place. I'll be honest. Your, your optimism is so refreshing. (laughs) The way you can laugh about things and joke about things. I, it's, it's really, really incredible to hear that. Um, It's always heartbreaking to see someone dwelling on their past. Yeah so much that they can't see the present or in front of them. Like they are just trapped and I can't think of a a bigger hell than that. So I applaud you. It's awesome. It's so great to meet you and and to hear about this. Yeah. You guys too. Well, you were listening to the grit and grace podcast. That was Danielle sharing her story on surviving childhood trauma. And if you'd like more information on that, you can visit www.nctsn.com dot org thanks for listening yay Yay! i didn't pass out